This morning while I was getting ready, um, usually I wake up a little bit earlier when I have to speak. And um, so I got ready, practiced, went through my sermon once. And as I was getting ready, um, I picked out a shirt and um, I, was, I, I was in a rush kind of. Uh, so I was trying to pull the hanger out of the shirt without unbuttoning it. And I was like, and I pulled it and then I just heard a burp and a, another clack on the TV screen. I was like, oh no. And the top button just flew off, and I was like, oh, my God, not today. I don't need this today. You know, when you're under um, some stress, you're like, not today. But um, thanks be to God, you know, we get through these little things, and I'm glad that you might have had some mishaps in your morning today, but you're here with us despite everything that's been going on. So I'm glad that you're here with us today. Um, Today we're starting our new series called the I Am series, and basically we're going to go through the book of John, and there's seven sayings on, that start off with the I Am statement, and it describes who Jesus, is, who Jesus is, and just gives us a better understanding of what is Jesus about? Who is Jesus? So today we're starting off with, I am the resurrection and the life. So if you have your Bible, please turn to me, turn with me to John Chapter 11, verses 17 through 27. Okay, John chapter 11, verses 17 through 27. This is the word of the Lord. On, the, on his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had been, already been in the tomb for four days. Now Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem. And many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them in the loss of their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him. But Mary stayed at home. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now, God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she replied. I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, who is, who is coming to the world. This is the word of the Lord. Now, just to give you a little bit of background, okay? Because every time I come here, I'm like, you got to understand the context and um, why this story was written. It was not written in a vacuum. So you need to understand the context and the content of, of why this story was being written. So the author in the book of John was very strategic and very careful on how he wrote his gospel. This is the only gospel in the gospel of John that includes the story of Lazarus being raised from the dead. So why did he feel that it was this important to include this story where other gospel writers did it? It probably had to do with the context in which he was writing in. Many scholars believe that this 
gospel was written in the year 65 to 100, in the later part of the century. At this time, Christians were being oppressed for their beliefs. So this gospel was written to encourage people to keep on believing. The author was trying to encourage believers to persevere in their faith and not to desert Jesus when situation becomes difficult, when you face some adversity. So the story starts out with Lazarus being very sick. In verse 1, Lazarus' sisters send out word to Jesus, Jesus, Lazarus is sick, please come. Now the author makes sure that us, the listeners, the readers, know that Jesus loved Martha, Mary, and Lazarus. In fact, the author makes sure that you know this, that Jesus loved them by stating it twice. He says it twice in this chapter. In verse 3, it goes, Lord, the one you love is sick. And again in verse 5, he says, Now Jesus loved Mary and her sister and Lazarus. So the author wants you to know Jesus loved them. Yet, instead of going right away, Jesus decides to stay. Why would Jesus wait so long after hearing this news? Imagine Jesus being an EMT and gets the call and he's like, we have an emergency at the Kamakana Ali'i Mall and it's your friends. Please hurry. So, Jesus at the Queen's Hospital downtown says thank you, hangs up the phone, sits in his chair, and starts eating his Subway sandwich with his barbecue chips. And he sits there for two days. Then he finally decides, Kaden, let's go. So his coworkers must be thinking, what, we're going now after two days? Now, being that this is Hawaii and that traffic can be brutal heading to the west side, especially when the zipper lane truck stalls and breaks down and with the rail construction going on, it was going to take some time for Jesus to get there. Now, it doesn't help that we only have one freeway that heads towards Eva. And Jesus had to sit in traffic, taking a couple days to get to Kamakana Ali'i. And it just so happened his siren was broken as well. So Jesus' co-workers are now thinking, Lazarus has got to be dead. And Jesus t- turns to him and he's like, nah, he's just sleeping. No worry. So his co-workers are like, oh, thank God. I thought he was going to be dead by now. But if he's just sleeping, then we should just let him rest. Why wake him up? He needs the time to recover. Then Jesus turns to his co-worker, disciple, and says, the brother is dead. The dude is dead. And he's not just dead. He's like dead, dead. He's makedai dead, as the old-timers would say in Hawaii. And then Jesus goes on and says, I'm glad that he's been dead because I want to show you something. 
Can you imagine his disciple co-worker just sitting there? He's like, Jesus, what? Stop playing games, Jesus. First you said he's sleeping, now he's dead. This is not time for jokes. This stuff is real. This is not a video game. We don't get extra lives. And he turns to his other co-worker, disciple, EMT friend, and says, isn't that right? And then his co-worker is like, uh... Let us go that we may die with him. What? Are you crazy? What, that, what does that even mean? That we may go die with him. Something is going on. It's crazy. It's madness. So all this stuff kind of happens the way I told it before we get to verse 17. Now the text states that Lazarus was dead and had been in the tomb for four days. Now if you know anything about Jewish custom, they believe that the soul returns to the grave for three days, thinking that it has a chance to return to the body. And on the fourth day, they start to see the decaying flesh, and then the soul decides, it's time for me to leave. So within those three days upon being dead, there is hope that life could return to the body. But on the fourth day, the soul leaves, and now the person is dead, dead. Lazarus was dead beyond a doubt. Jesus put off his return to Bethany because Lazarus had to not only be dead, but to be dead, dead, to be makedai dead. So why would Jesus wait so long to get to Lazarus? I thought that he loved Lazarus. I thought he loved Mary and Martha. This does not seem like an act of love. Love would rush there and get there and not have let Lazarus die. Love is not apathetic. How is this love? So in order to understand this text, we need to talk about death. Okay? At the age of 40, I'm hitting my mid-age moratorium. I didn't hit any crisis yet. But there's things in my life that I'm like, things are dying. Like I don't have the athleticism. I don't recover as quick as I used to. I only have half of my life left to live. What am I going to do with my life? And when I think about death, I'm like, okay, how, I'm gonna, how am I going to live this life? See, death is the great enemy. And death in itself is a human dilemma. And not just sin. You see, when Adam and Eve sinned, death came into the picture. And death is the destructive consequences of the entrance of sin into humankind. Death is separation from God. Since the true being of God is the God that gives life, death is opposed to God and to life. So sin alienates us from God, and death is the consequence and the punishment of sin. And this is the reason why death and sin belong together. We as sinners cannot liberate ourselves from death to life. It only comes through Jesus, Jesus Christ. 
Now, I don't know about you, but I'm a huge MCU fan. I love the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, it started with Iron Man 10 years ago. And then we had Thor and Captain America and, and the Hulk and um, Guardians of the Galaxy and Ant-Man and all these great characters that was built up for 10 years. And then we had Avengers 3, which was called the Infinity, Infinity War. If you haven't seen it, I'm going to spoil it for you because if you haven't seen it already, you probably don't care to watch it. But in this movie, there's this huge titan. He's, his name is Thanos, and he has this infinity gauntlet. And there's these seven infinity stones, and if he collects all seven stones, oh, six, six? I thought there were seven. Six. Okay, we'll go with six. <laughs> but in the end, they're trying to stop Thanos from getting all these stones. Um, and there's one part where, um, where Star-Lord is about to, uh, well, they're about to rip off the, the Infinity Gauntlet from um, Thanos' hand, and um, in a bit of um, rage, Star-Lord does something stupid, and then Thanos just recovers the gauntlet. Um, but at the end, they're about to kill Thanos, and he's down on one knee with very little life to live. And he's collected all six stones. And with that, um, when he collects all six stones, he could destroy half the universe, the population of the universe, with the snap of a finger. And when he's on one knee, he snaps his finger, and half of the characters disappear in a moment, in a blink of an eye. And I'm like, no, 10 years worth of investing myself into this movie, and now Spider-Man's gone. Black Panther's gone. All these wonderful characters are gone with a snap of a finger. Death is the great enemy. And I'm sitting there, and I'm watching this movie in disbelief, and I come out the theater, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that just happened. I want to know what happens next. Is there hope? For the future, and I see my friends on the basketball court, and they're like, oh my gosh, when I came out of the theater, I hated the movie because I wanted to cry because all these, everybody I love died. I'll come back to this later, okay? Um, then Martha gets a, then we look at Martha, and if you know the character of Martha, Martha gets a bad rap, a bad rep. <coughs> Um, due to some of the stories in the Bible. And I feel really bad for her. She seems to be always the scapegoat, the person who just doesn't get it. How many of you know a person who just doesn't get it? Anyway, can we be honest with ourselves, though? We all have blind spots. We all sometimes don't get it. Now, Martha, in her conversation with Jesus, brings up one word that stands out. And it's the word, if. When I went home after watching the Infinity Word, looking online, I was reading all the comments, and people were like, if Star-Lord just could have controlled his emotions, all the characters would still be alive. All these fake, fictional 
characters would still be alive. I hate Star-Lord. And another person wrote, if Thor just hit him in the head with his hammer instead of going for his body, all the characters would still be alive. If, if only. So Martha meets Jesus and says, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Now I'm going to show my age with this reference. Um, it's a song written by Cher in 1989. And she sang a song, and the lyrics to the song go something like this. So you've got to imagine Cher with her frizzly hair and her black leather jacket with some ungodly outfit underneath on a battleship sitting on the turret with sailors going nuts as she sings this song. And she says, If I could turn back time, if I could find a way, I'd take those words that hurt you. I would take back those words that hurt you. And you'd stay? It's like, dang, Cheryl, what did you say? What did you tell Sonny that got him so upset that he decided to get up and leave? Sonny must have been so upset with what you said. He was like, what? You said that I'm out of here. What did she say? And I'm so upset because she never, ever tells us. She leaves us hanging. How many of us feel that way? We all wish that we could go back into our past and do some things differently. If only I knew sooner what I know now, I would have done this differently. If I didn't go out with so-and-so when I was younger, I wouldn't have all these issues. If I just studied harder when I was younger, I could have been a pilot or an engineer or something that makes a lot more money than the job I have right now. See, this is what I tell myself every day when I'm stuck in a class full of third graders. I'm like, why didn't I study earlier and study harder? Why I'm stuck with a class of third graders? Sometimes we are like Martha. We know that if Jesus had just shown up sooner, things would have been different. It would have been better. If only you stopped my abuser, things would have been better. If only you were there during my accident, things could have been better. If only you were there before he left me with nothing, things would be better. If only you were there when my dad had cancer, he would not have died. Many times we ask Jesus, where were you at the most horrific times in our lives? I know you could have done something, Jesus. If you are a good God, where were you? Why weren't you there for me? I thought you loved me. If you had been there, my brother would not have died. 
Jesus tells her that he will rise again. And Martha gives him a good answer, and she kind of gets it this time. However, she's not comforted by the words of Jesus and responds, yeah, yeah, I know we'll see him in heaven. Yeah, we'll see him in the resurrection. See, Martha is looking at the past and dreaming about what might have been but can't be now. He's been in the grave for four days. Lazarus is dead, dead. Yet, Jesus says to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live, even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? Jesus invites her to look to the future. Then having looked at the future, he asks her to imagine that the future is suddenly brought towards them in the present. And Jesus raises Lazarus from the dead and says, Lazarus, come forth. And he comes forth. See, Martha isn't prepared for Jesus' response. Jesus is the resurrection and the life. The future bursts into the present. The new, cre- the new creation, and with it, resurrection, has now come forward from the end time into the middle time. Jesus has not come from only heaven to earth, But he has come from God's future to the present. See, God has come into the mess and the muddle of our world that we know it to be. Jesus is more powerful than death. That death cannot snatch out of his hand those whom he loves. When Jesus died and brought death to an end through his resurrection, Death no longer had the power to determine the destiny of any human being. Jesus didn't come just to bring life to death when we die. It isn't about just when we die, we just go to heaven. He came to bring life into the dark places of our lives that, seem to be, that seems to radiate with death and despair and destruction those things that keep up, up at, late at night, Jesus wants to come into those areas. We have hope in the age to come, but also in the life that we live in here and now. Things may have happened in your life where God didn't show up when you wanted him to. But he is able to bring healing and hope to an awful situation and create beauty out of ashes. Now, it's been my experience that God has been able to take my regrets and my, if only this happened, and breathe life into it and touch it and give me a life where I no longer regret those things. 
Jesus is able to bring resurrection to the things that has died in our lives. Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. Do you believe this? This story is all about the ways in which Jesus surprises people and overturns our expectations. Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. What do you believe? Now, there are some people that believe that Jesus is the resurrection and the life, and they do this just to escape the thought of hell and death. And that's why they believe in Jesus. And that's all that they see Jesus for. That's kind of what Mary believed when Jesus showed up late. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. What do you believe? Is Jesus the resurrection and the life for the future as well as for the here and now? Martha has a change of heart, and she replies, Yes, Lord, I believe you are the Christ, God's Son, the one who is coming into the world. Martha gets it. She has a change of heart and understands that Jesus is the resurrection and the life. Do you believe that Jesus is the resurrection and the life? If you do, prepare for a surprising response. If you believe and trust Jesus, it always, always results in a surprise. Jesus will meet your problem with some new part of God's future that canon will burst into your present time, into your mess, into your grief, with good news and with hope and new possibilities. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. Do you believe this? Let us pray.